Good morning, gentlemen. So, uh, we are at the bottom of 69B, Stomach Test Summit Bays. Um, and um, we're finishing up with the teaching of Rabbi Yochanan and his comments about the Stam Mishnah about the Tznuyim. Rabbi Yochanan taught that to affect transactions, especially to make something hegdish, you need two things. It has to be yours, and uh, it has to be in your possession. Vershusa. And if you're missing that, uh, you can't do that. And so we were talking about where somebody stole somebody's thing, if that person could make it hectish. How could, how could the owner turn the lost animal? Now, I had a theory yesterday that the robber's going to pay him back double. So he's thinking, if I get this back, I'll give the extra one to Hashem. That's a good deal, right? I don't lose anything. I, I'm getting, I had one sheep. Super. Right, I'm getting a twofer, so I'll give one to Hashem, so I'll make it hagdish, right? So the question is, Rabbi Yochanan said that can't work uh, according to his rule. But on the other hand, we typically, Rabbi Yochanan said that we always have to agree with the Stam Mishnah. And the Stam Mishnah was that case with the Tznuyim, with the pious people who even wanted to set aside a fund to help the people who stole from their fields that they shouldn't be eating uh, the produce from the fourth year unless it's redeemed. We mentioned that that's an unusual tzaddik, that even usually if somebody wants to steal from you, you would say, we had the more halitani rusher, let him keel over and, you know, whatever happens to him, it's a two, you know. But the the whole prompting of the discussion over here is is just the opposite, where somebody stole and say, I'll get, you know, at least that was the speculation. It's like, oh, you're going to steal from me? You know. He makes it, it, it he's mocked, his intention is that not to be mocked, so it's just the opposite of the Tznuyim over here. The, Looking at the Chayim has the Tznuyim or Lomim. Um, um, maybe, maybe you should give him the and the Tznuyim, um, they were in their particular case where the person was taking the produce from the vineyard in the fourth year. And the nuance we had there, was it done in the morning before they took or was it done in the evening after they took? That was the, the nuance over there. But uh, Rabbi Yochanan also made a statement. We're starting two lines from the bottom. Um, he said that the Rabbi Yochanan, he said the... Snuyim were very similar to another rabbi, Rebdosa. And Rebdosa, he talked about a similar case, but not exactly. And that, that had to do with the, the poor people when they come to the orchards to take their leket shikupeya, they sometimes take the wrong thing. Because it's uh, they, there's no directions, there's no signs. <laughs> oh, this corner, oh, this looks like a corner to me. And uh, once they take, and so the problem is, then they'd be over on stealing. Now, there's another problem, too, as well. If they, with the part that belongs to them, they don't have to tithe. But if they take the regular part, they're going to be eating truma and miser. And, uh, uh, it, a Jew has to be worried about their fellow. It's one, I, I don't know if you have to worry about the robbers. Again, that's only pious people worry about, you know, <laughs> those good-for-nothing Jews steal from me. Chas should do X, Y, Z. Okay. But at least be worried about the average Jew who makes a mistake. That you have to be, you know, a person should be worried that Jews shouldn't sin. 
So the uh, Dosa said, um, uh, Rebbe Dosa, I'm sorry, Rebbe Dosa said that uh, you could do something similar over there by uh, that you could uh, declare what the poor people took as Hefker. That was Rebbe Dosa's teaching. So Rebbe Yochanan put the two together. He said that the Tznuyim and Rebbe Dosa were the same. They said the same concept. So the Gemara yesterday at the end made a few comments I, why I would have thought it, maybe it was a little different. Maybe we do that. Maybe it's a rabbinic enactment and we'll do that for the poor and we won't do that for the wicked. Or maybe we could do it for the wicked because it's redemption and this is a little bit different. This is a hefker. So, but that was yesterday's discussion at the very end about the compatibility of these two teachings, Rebbe Dosa and the Tznuyim. But our Gemara just thought... It's an unusual thing for, a, for somebody, for Yochanan, to have said, to made a point that Titsnuyim and Revdosa were the same. Said the same, uh, we're going with the same opinion. And so this is the third time that the Gemara now is trying to dissect that piece and point out what it teaches us. So, Omer Ravina, uh, I'm sorry, three lines from the bottom. He loved Omer Rav Yochanan, Tznuyim, Revdosa, Omer Davarachat. Had not Rabbi Yochanan came and said that that teaching of the Tznuyim by the vineyard in the fourth year and that teaching of Reb Dosa by the, um, uh, the poor people in the field, had he not said that they were both talking about the same thing, so Ahavamina man tznuyim, I would have thought, who's the Tana of the Tznuyim? Rebbe Dosa. I would have thought that he actually is the Tznuyim. Not that he was another rabbi, and why would that help us? What, what's the difference if it's two rabbis or one rabbi? Actually, it helps us a lot. Rabbi Yochanan had this big dilemma, if you remember, that he told everybody that it doesn't work if it's not in front of you, but he seemed to contradict the Stam Mishnah, because the Stam Mishnah of the Tznuyim said you could do something not in front of you. But once Rabbi Yochanan said there's two rabbis, that say that way, the Rabbi Yochanan, um, Rabbi Yochanan, by saying that the Mishnah, um, I would have thought that that Mishnah, what, what, the question is, when it says a Stam Mishnah, what does it mean it's a Stam Mishnah? It means that that was the accepted opinion, not the opinion of one rabbi. So, um, so that, that's, that's what would have been inferred. But I would have thought that actually the, the, uh, the Mishnah of Tznuyim is one rabbi. It's Rabbi Dosa. Because Rabbi Dosa is the one rabbi who said you could do something even though it's not in front of you. Ki hekelo Yochanan. So had Rabbi Yochanan not said that, I would have said, gotten out of saying it was a Stam Mishnah, meaning that it was a Mishnah that was said by everybody. But no, that Mishnah was only like um, Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Yochanan, and he never said that if the, the, it was a Stam Mishnah, but it was only one rabbi's opinion, that he had to agree with it. So that's why he, by him saying, no, no, that's not the case over here, that uh, Rabbi Dosa and the Stam Mishnah, that's, he, he's not the author of that. There's actually two rabbis that say that. So We're changing how we, uh, how we approach Stam Mishnah. I wouldn't say all of us. It sounds like, well, if we know who's behind the Stam Mishnah, we could say it's like Bishemo, and therefore we could be Cholek on it. I mean, correct, again, correct. The original presumption is Stam Mishnah, 
That's how we have to go. Because by being stam, that's telling us that everybody, that's everybody's opinion. But now we're the, saying Well, no. we might have thought that uh, that stam Mishnah was Rebbe Dosa. And, uh, okay, very good. Now I can argue with him because it's only one rabbi. It's, it's, it, rabbi Dosa's opinion was quoted individually, meaning that there were others that argued with him, and he was so, now by, by we're connected, we found the author of the Stav Mishnah. It's kind of, it turns out it's, it's a, um, uh, the, it's a, sta, it, he has a new term for it. It's called a Stam Yachidoi. <laughs> it's a Stav Mishnah, but it's not a plain Stam. It's not a plain unattributed Mishnah. It's an unattributed Mishnah that we figure out is only one rabbi's opinion. And so then that would have... Uh, um, Eligible for... Uh, for Declassification, okay. Right. So Rabbi Yechim is saying that that is the halacha because there are two separate Tanoim who, who, who learn the same way. Well... If you can, if you can no, no, he's, he said that's not the halacha. We, and we have to resolve how that fits with him. But had he not said that, I would have said that uh, we don't paskin like that other Mishnah. So we're saying you actually do paskin like this. You're saying if you can actually be mafish something, it's not in front of you. Correct. So we have to explain why that so that has to begin. So that is not. Rabbi Stam, do, do we have a concept yeah. of Stam Yechidai? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you say a man's name when you only have one person. Why would you ever have a Stam Yechidai? Um. Yeah, so usually it's not a Mishnah. It's Rabbi Meir. The Yochanan needs it. Um, I right. So uh, apparently, right. So th- there is a tosus that explains a little bit, but I, I really, I, I, I don't have much to say on it. Uh, th- but that's what the Gemara is saying over here. That th- there is a difference between a stam and a stam yachidoi. A stam means nobody. The, the Mishnah didn't say it in the name of one rabbi, so we're assuming that it was the majority opinion that was accepted. But if it turns out that it didn't quote a rabbi, but it quoted him somewhere else, and, we, and that somewhere else it was clear that there were arguments, so then we can then explain that it's not what we thought. It's not that we th- what we thought, that it was the Stam Mishnah, that it was the accepted opinion, but no, it was just one rabbi doing the talking. But you're asking, it, it's really kind of unfair, because how do we know... That it's uh, you know, but the more saying Rabbi Yochanan would have known. He could have. He, we would have if he accept, if he had said that that's that you thought it was a stam, but it was really a stam yachidoi, and so that uh, he could have gotten away with saying that. Maybe we couldn't say that, but he would have been able to say that that it wasn't a plain stam mishnah. Okay. I don't know the, but that, it just opens up the door a little bit, makes it more interesting that this rule of a stam mishnah, you really have to know is it stam or not. Is, is it the opinion of the majority? Or maybe even though it didn't say the rabbi's name, it was just quoting them. Okay, moving on, uh, sort of. Another statement in Rabbi Yochanan's teaching. Omer Nardoi, lo kasvin, uh, we basically accept Rabbi Yochanan's rule. Uh, and that's really why we're having so much trouble here with these Stam Mishnayis, that, you know, Rabbi Yochanan was the, uh, that, you, that you have to have both things in order to make things happen. It has to be yours and in your possession. So, uh, based on that, the Nardoi taught the following, Lo kasfin urkasa um, We don't write a, um, an urkasa is like a, uh, uh, the uh, Rashi says it's a harsha, it's a bill of attorney, a transfer of, um, uh, to give somebody authority over movables. And why is that? It's because it's in, if it's in somebody else's possession, you can't transfer ownership to someone who's something that's not in your pocket. 
you know, something that's not here. Um, in other words, you, somebody has your gold cup and you're across the seas and you want to appoint your attorney to go and fight to get back your gold cup or something. So you transfer your rights to him. So can you now? So obviously, if you there's a, uh, you need somebody to dispute land ownership, you could write a harsha to appoint somebody. But for movables, you can't because uh, let's see the words. Amr Nador, Lokasvina, Rukasamatalti, Amr Vashila, Mayra, my time, and what's the reason? Amr Lame, Shumdur of Yochan. That's because Rabbi Yochanan taught. The Amr of Yochanan, Gezel, if something's stolen, Veloni Shaishu Abailim, and the owners didn't give up, Shneim, Enu Yochal, Ahaktish. The owner has limited power over his stolen item. The robber doesn't have power because even he has it, but it ain't his. The owner doesn't have power for any So here also, you can't transfer rights on an item that you really don't control now. Some people say it a little bit different. If the person denies who owns it, then... You can't transfer it. Time of the kafra. The reason is the person denies that it belonged to someone. A demexi kashikra, because it looks like you're writing, you're transferring it to somebody, and someone else says it doesn't belong to him. Avalo kafra. But had he agreed, then you could write it. Now this subject of uh, how exactly do, what does it mean? You transfer the rights. So what you need to do is the person has to be able to take the other person to court, the one who represents you. So if you wrote it, but you have to write, if you don't say that this gives you the rights to sue the other person in court, then it's really worthless. If you transfer ownership to him, but he doesn't have the right to sue, my time is, because when this person comes to get it, and he says, uh, they, they gave me this Brooklyn Bridge. I paid for it. Here it is. And he's going to say, who are you? Get out of here. You're not the one who, uh, Brooklyn Bridge isn't a good example, but um, somebody who, who says, um, you know, that, that give me that, it's mine. And he said, well, maybe it's the other guys, but who are you? And he says, well, he, told, he assigned rights to me. Assigning rights has to mean that he, the other person now could go to court and take it away. What about if you don't assign the whole rights, but you give him a percentage? I'll give you half, I'll give you a third. So, once he can argue, he has standing to argue about part, so he can argue on the whole thing. He doesn't have to be able to, the other guy, he doesn't have to own the whole thing. Um, and what, it, you know, attorneys work the same way. They take a percentage. They take half, they take a quarter. That, that's exactly how it is. They have a real share in winning that case because that's, that, that's how they make their money. That's, uh, but it's interesting, that hasn't changed in all these years. You know, like the, you know, they, they, if, in order for them to you know, represent, they got to you know, have a stake in it. They got, they got to get a good share of it. Uh, if they were to grab it, uh, that's one way to get it, is go help yourself, and they had a transfer, then we wouldn't take it away. It's, it's as if he's your messenger, or he's your partner. We're calling this lawyer different words, your partner, your messenger. What's the difference? Lamitvis uh, can he grab, um, uh, can he hold back? We want to say he's like a shliach. Uh, so again, we're discussing this power of attorney, exactly what the rights are and how it works. 
Okay, moving on. New Mishnah. Like everything, we'd love to delve into it a little more, but... God of Alpishnaim. The person is not a very smart robber. There were witnesses. He steals in front of two. Okay, v'tavach. Umachar alpihem. And he either uh, slaughters it or sells it. Uh, and the same witnesses testify. Oh, so now that part is obvious. That, this is the standard Dalad Vahey where a, a witnesses come forward. He stole, he shefted. We're going to throw the book at this guy. Okay, pay me my five cows. You know, you, you, know, you stole, actually, I'm sorry, the five. Um, oh, it is the five cows. The five cows are my four sheep. Okay, yeah. So uh, in that case, it's pretty standard. But the next case of the Mishnah is even if there's separate witnesses for the theft and for the shkita, which uh, that happens later. Um, or there's a second set of witnesses. That works too. But the, the, uh, we really are going to need the Gemara is going to, um, is going to explain how the Chiddush of all these cases in the Mishnah. But I'm, I'm throwing it away. The, Mish, the first case was the obvious case. The second case was even if it's separate witnesses. God of Umachar B'Shabbos, what happens if he stole it and then he put it up for sale on Shabbos? He figured nobody's going to be watching over there. God of Umachar or he sold it to an idol. Uh, the Goyim will buy it. God of Tavuk Yom Kippurim, or he shakes it on Yom Kippur. Oy. Um, so in those cases, um, the question is, uh, um, if he had shakted it on Yom Kippur, he'd be facing a death sentence. But he only sold it on Yom Kippur. <laughs> So the 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 chiddush of those cases will be that he's uh, still going to be liable even though there's this uh, violation of the Shabbos or a, a violation of. Um, yeah. So in that case, he's going to be. Um, uh, let's start that again. Um, oh, yeah. On Yom Kippur, I'm sorry, it's even if, it's not what I just said, um, meaning that, it, 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 well, selling it for sure, he's going to face the penalty, but even if he shecks it on Yom Kippur, had he shecked it on Shabbos, then he would be facing death row. Yom Kippur, it's not, the Beisden won't punish a person for violating Yom Kippur. It's Bidei Shemayim. Uh, that's uh, you could argue that's better or that's worse. Bidei uh, Shemayim, in certain ways, it's worse. The question is, if you say Kamle Mine, if it's Bidei Shemayim, Kamle Rabmine means if the court is going to be dealing with whether to kill you or not, then they're not going to have to deal with whether you owe money for stealing. But yeah, that's the. But over here, even if you did it on purpose. It's, he's not going to face the Beisdin. Beisdin will never deal with him on the on the Yom Kippur. Now, had it been Shabbos, then they would then they would stone him, and then they come to the rabbi. That, that's where the case. Okay, thank you. Go to Mishal Aviv. Let's say he stole from Dad, but Tavach and he slaughtered it or sold it. Akak Meis Aviv, and then the father died, and so and he's inheriting him. Go to Betavach, or he 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 shechted it or he slaughtered it. Akak Kiktish. And then the owner made it hegdish. So in all these cases, the penalties uh, will apply. Um, let's, um, let's just do one Rashi about the father. 
he, he, he slaughtered or sold it, and then the father died. But had the father died first, in other words, he steals it from dad, the father dies, and then he shecks it, then he wouldn't owe the estate because he's, it's really partially his at that point. But he, he did it, probably killed the father. He stole the father's cow and then he shucked it. Even his father died and then... Um, so Tani Sev is Shari Yorish Yisavi v'shalohu Tavach. See, had he inherited the father, he'd be doing his own. But uh, this way it was belonged to the father when he did it, so he's going to owe the estate. Uh, final case, Gavu Tavach l'Rafua. What if uh, he's not shechting it because he wants to eat it, he needs it for Rafua, Ola Klavim, or his dogs are hungry, or Hashokin v'nimsitrefa. Or uh, let's say the animal isn't. In other words, it's not really a shkita. He's just killing the animal. Or ashokikulam bazara. Or let's say he shucks it in the base of migdash, and it can't be used because it's a sin. So even though in these cases he's not shechting it and turning it into steak that's kosher, he's shechting it for some other reason. He'll still pay dalad vehe according to one opinion, and according to another opinion, no. Rav Shimon it's very specific. It has to be that it's shechted and that it, it becomes kosher through the shkita. So if, if the not, difference would be if he shoots it or something. You know, what, is the penalty for killing it or is it for shechting it? Uh, so that's the discussion uh-huh. here. Let's see the Gemara. Our Mishnah, so now we go back to the very second case uh, where there were two different sets of witnesses. One witness saw him steal it and another set of witnesses saw him shakt it. Well, wait a second. These are two different witnesses on two different things. So now we open another famous debate that we have in other places. The Rebbe Kiva says, witnesses have to see the whole thing. Because uh, uh, you can't have different parts and put them all together. In other words, uh, one witness, two witnesses saw him walk out with a smoking gun. And two other witnesses, uh, that, let's say they don't know who it was, but they see him wearing a hood. And someone else sees him put on the hood. You know, that, that's, those are two halves. You've got to put them all together in order to prosecute. Rabbi Kiva says, we don't, we don't kill somebody based on multiple witnesses. The witnesses have to witness the whole thing. Rabbi Kiva says, Dava, Velochati Dava, a matter and not a half a matter. Um, so therefore, over here, if you had some witnesses on the stealing and different witnesses on the shakting, Rabbi Kiva wouldn't be alive. <coughs> Tanya, where do we see this new discussion? Before we do it, let's do Rashi. Dover lo a matter and not a half matter. It says, Al Pishnai made him Yakum Dover. On the testimony of two peoples, the matter will stand. Vahane Edetvicha, and these witnesses about the slaughtering, they told him, Asnisen, O Al Pishnai made him Acherim. When two other people testify, that's a half matter. If you see somebody shechting, that doesn't tell us that he owes money. It's only if you put that together. The animal that he was shechting, he stole. That wasn't his. Well, it comes out the witnesses are only testifying about a half matter. Had it not been witnesses that it was stolen, these witnesses didn't see a crime. They saw him shechting an animal. So what? It was his. It's only the, the, the other witnesses, you put the two together, you get a crime. Whatever Yekiva says that you have, they have to have witnesses on the whole thing. So uh, now we're going to get into that discussion. Where does Rabbi Kiva know it from? So Rashi explained, because it says, the matter. It's, the witnesses have to witness the whole matter. If, they, if it's only this one saw this part, and that one saw that part, and that one saw this part, 
No, that's not enough to convict. Or at least not for, for a death sentence. Okay. Back to the Gemara. Uh, where is this teaching? So there is a statement, whenever the Gomorrah gives you additional information, it's for a reason. But we don't, today we don't always know what the reason was. So he said when uh, Abba Khalifta went to Rabbi Yochanan Minuri, boy, that was something special. The, he lamed Torah to, to learn Torah. Omele, some people said it was Rabbi Yochanan Minuri went to Abba Khalifta. Omelo. But uh, either way, this was the teaching that they had. Somebody wants to acquire land, so they didn't always have title. But if you live there for three years and you work the land, uh, you establish ownership through what's known as chazaka. We're, we're going to get that later in the Bavas, the concept of chazaka. So what happens, though, if you don't... He doesn't have witnesses that saw him there for three years, uh, the whole three years, but he brings one set of witnesses that he ate the first year, bifnei he brings with three or six witnesses all together. That's good. No problem. He says, I, I agree with you in principle, but guess what? Rabbi Kiva was a big rabbi. You know, so you have to take his opinion in mind. Rabbi Kiva doesn't agree with you. He says, uh, he says a matter, but not a half matter. And so that's that case over there. So, um, uh, so the, uh, so it sounds like um, our Mishnah that said that you could have witnesses on the sale and on the theft, uh, uh, on the sale and the shkita and on the theft separately doesn't work like Revi Kiva. Now, how could you do that? How could, Re- how could our Mishnah say a teaching that didn't agree with Revi Kiva? So, Omar Abaya Filutem Revi Kiva. I can fit our Mishnah into Revi Kiva. Li Milo Moda Revi Kiva, Bishnaim Roman Kiddish. Uh, there's, uh, if let's say two witnesses said this person uh, was married, that she got married to man number one, Rashi gives us a detail in the month of Nisan. Uh, two people testify this woman was married to a man, and two other people testify that a different man had relations with her, as, and as Rashi says, uh, in the next month, in the year. So, if you put the two together, guess what? She's an adulteress. So the Alpha Gafta Ede Bia Srika Lady Kadushin. Now you can't kill you can't prosecute her for having relations with a man unless you can prove that she was married to a different man, right? But, but over here, uh, each the witnesses you need both testimonies. But Kivan the Ada Kadushin Lo Srika Lady Bia, but since the witnesses that she's married it's a whole matter that they te- that they witness that she's married. You don't need to know that a month later she committed adultery. So Dover Krinenbo, it's called the whole matter. So here also, Alpha Gafta even though the fact that he slaughtered it doesn't mean he committed a crime unless you know he stole it. But Kivan Dada Geneva, but since the fact that he committed the crime is a separate testimony, it stands alone from the testimony that was slaughtered, Dover Krinenbe. So we're redefining what half a matter means. Half a matter means if the two halves, neither one is a total testimony, then you you can't prosecute. But what happens if one of the testimonies can fully stand by itself and uh, and teaches us something? So that's not called a half matter. Uh, So... um, 
So therefore, Rabbi Kiva fits with the Mishnah. So what does the rabbis do with those words? It says a davar, uh, and that seems to be a concept uh, that's accepted. So how do they, uh, how do, what do they do with it? So they, they say it comes to exclude the following. In order to, uh, let's say a person does something who's uh, bar mitzvah or 12 years old, so in order for it to be effective, they had to be bar or bas mitzvah. Uh, they could do a mitzvah, they could do a sin. Let's say it's a sin, do we prosecute them? So you need to know that they're an adult. So uh, how would you know that they're an adult? So they would bring two simanim. They would have grown uh, the hairs or the signs of, of puberty. So what happens if one witness said, one of them said, I saw one hair on their back, and the other one said, I saw the other hair on their front. So, that's, each one sees half a thing. You need to see the, at least two hairs in the, uh, together. So that everybody would agree uh, was no good. If if two witnesses say, I saw one hair on the back and two people say one on the front. Basically, in this case, each one is saying she's a minor. The the ones that saw the front side are saying she's a minor. And the other ones are saying she's a minor. You can't put the two together and turn her into an adult. uh, That's considered a half matter. Um, you can't split hair. You can't split hair. Very good. Thank you. That's a hair splitting decision. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, so again, but that is a whole discussion when you have testimonies that are not, each one alone is such a small piece of the picture that it, it won't really make a, a full testimony. And so, and, and here also, like seeing one hair alone and, and not seeing the other, and then trying to put it together with another witness, it makes it flimsy. It's, it, it, it doesn't allow, if one person saw the whole thing, then you could discuss. Um, it's a little more complicated, the rules of establishing adulthood, what it means to see the two hairs, and where they are, and what, what you know, the, but either way, we get the concept, and we get uh, um, uh, that discussion. Moving on. The next case, go to Tanya So we said over here that you do pay the penalty if he's, he did it on Shabbos. And, and over there, um, we said that you don't. The question is about the sale on Shabbos. Everybody agrees if you shechted it on Shabbos, we say, he's going to be facing stoning. He won't have to deal with the theft. But if, uh, if he sold it, we said that he will pay the penalty because you don't get death sentence for selling. I've had Tanya Potter. There's a different view that says uh, he is facing the violation of Shabbos and he won't have to deal with it. So that's a contradiction. So the answer is that's a different case. There's a way to sell something and violate the Shabbos Minat Torah. Now, again, usually if you sell, somebody gives you money and you hand it to them, that's just a rabbinic. Uh, that, that doesn't involve a malacha. But there is a way to sell that involves a malacha. What is that? Uh, uh, the case that would involve work on Shabbos, and therefore he's exempt from paying, but Omerlo, he says, Al-Katzli Tena Mitinasi, he says, uh, um, pluck a fig from my figs, and then I'll sell you my stolen sheep. So the sale becomes activated when he picks the, the fig. So, and therefore, he is violating the Shabbos by making the sale. In such a case, you would say, come later, Rabbeinu, and you be potter. The other case is a regular sale, which didn't involve a malacha. 
In other words, there's a trigger over here that involves the malacha. Um, he answers, since he's going to be uh, judged uh, for the, the, the capital case, lo amin in zil shalim. We don't say that you got to go pay because he's uh, he's guilty with his life. So, haiki um, mechira nami la mechira, and so um, uh, the the um, the Gemara has a different question though. If he's going to be, if we're going to prosecute him for the uh, violation of the Shabbos, so it comes out he didn't really sell it. Uh, how if you violate the Shabbos on the sale, would that be a good sale? Yeah, that's what we want to say. Um, that's what we. Um, one second. Yeah. Um, second. Ami kibin to keep tavole come on bedina lower meaning zil shalom. We wouldn't make him pay to keep high mechira nami la mechira. Which shouldn't the sale be invalid? Um, they, and if the sale's invalid, so then he wouldn't face the penalty. So our question now is, um, why is uh, why would he be have to pay four and five in that case? El Omer Papa, the case is a little more complicated. What he says is the following. He says, You want to buy my sheep? Uh, so pick it up and transport it, toss it through the courtyard. And when it's put into the yard, then you'll acquire it. And so he's going to be violating the Shabbos um, uh, uh, when uh, he transports it into the yard. And who is this? This is like Rebbe Kiva, the animal, when it's being tossed in the yard, that's as if it's resting in the yard and that's his. If it's like the Rabbanan, uh, as soon as it enters the yard, it would be his, but Shabbos he doesn't violate until it hits the ground. And we need, we, basically, in order for him to be exempt, it has to happen at exactly the same time. Is, is he carrying the sheep? I didn't quite understand. Sounds like he tosses it, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, the, quest, the question is Hotsa, and doing an Akira, and then, you know, uh, traversing into a different Rishus, and then doing enough. Yeah. Let's do some Rashi's here. Zorik Nebula Toss it into my yard on Shabbos. Vani etung lachmos, and I'll pay you the money. He says, Give me that sheep. The, the robber says, I want to sell it to you. And he says, Okay, get, you, know, you know, deliver it. Give me delivery. Toss it into my yard. I don't know whether it means toss. That's really the question. Would you, normally, would you say, you know, Zorik usually means like here, toss the sheep, you know, catch. Yeah. I, I can't, well. Maybe it's a, a small sheep. Are, are sheep pretty? Uh, I guess a goat you could probably toss. No, the uh, would you toss a goat over a fence? And that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it sounds like a strong. Uh, uh huh. So, but that's what he said. Cain, I'll say he did it. Kana So, as soon as as soon as the the goat lands, um, the buyer. The yeah, buyer, yeah, I imagine so. Okay, maybe it's a baby goat. It's a kid, right? So the buyer acquires the goat, and the seller uh, gets a death sentence because he uh, he violated the Shabbos in transporting it.
So, um, so again, we're looking for this case in our Mishnah of uh, where the, well, we had two opinions. Our Mishnah said if you sell it on Shabbos, you didn't violate the Shabbos. And therefore, it's not a capital case, and therefore, you will pay five. But we quoted a Brisa that said that it is a capital case. And so we said they're two different cases. And so we're looking for a way that, that you sold it in a way that violates the Shabbos and makes the sale happen at the same time. But that's a lose-lose for everybody, this last... Well, that he's going to face a death sentence and... Uh, yeah, but the buyer, the, the original owner, doesn't do anything, doesn't have anything. He's not in the picture. This is a robber who's selling it on Shabbos. <coughs> so the buyer from the robber uh-huh. is not anything if the, if the seller... The thief doesn't throw toss this sheep into the courtyard. Oh, he does. He tosses it in the courtyard. That's what I'm saying. Our, our question is: Can we make the thief, the buyer? The buyer is in good shape. He's he he pay, he he, uh, he pays. He says, this, "I'll give you the money if you toss your sheep and give it to me. Deliver no, it." We just said that he got harnah on Shabbos from the guy tossing the sheep. Okay. We're not we're not we're, we're, we're not talking about the buyer. We're not worried about. We're talking about the robber. The robber is going to have to pay five times because he fenced it. If if you steal and fence, if you steal and then resell, then you, then you you get. What's the advantage of the of the seller? What's the advantage of the of the thief tossing the sheep into the courtyard? He needs he wants to because he wants to sell it as soon as possible. He doesn't want to be caught with it, so he tries to sell it. And the only problem is it's Shabbos, so he he sells it on Shabbos, transfers it out, and uh, the, our question is. Um, would we prosecute the thief if the thief violates the Shabbos the way he sold it? Then he right. won't end up, won't end up having to pay because he's going to be dealing with the. He's got worse things. He's got worse things. But the buyer now, but he's also he's kind of complicity by taking a buyer now and bringing him into the bad picture. The buyer was always a bad guy. I mean, the buyer is buying stolen goods. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. But, but we're not really dealing with the buyer. The buyer is a separate issue. He's he's buying from the robber. So now we're dealing with a technical issue, which is we needed to have the violation of Shabbos and the transfer of property at the same time, meaning that it has to be that you sold it and the buyer got it at the exact same time that you violated the Shabbos. But our question is that as soon as it, it gets tossed over the fence, it immediately is the property of the buyer, but the violation of the Shabbos only comes when it's put down. You know, they often say if a person walking outside there really has something in his pocket, you're not supposed to stop. <laughs> you don't put it down, you know, because you keep on going. So that's really our question over here now. Uh, let's read the words. Uh, Come on, this is like Rebbe Kiva. That even though it didn't rest, it's as if it did. Because if we hold like the other opinion, as soon as it reaches the courtyard, he would acquire it. But Shabbos, he wouldn't be Mechayev until it hits the ground. Uh, so the Gemara answered, so third kashas call I had this morning. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, hope, I hope that you're with me still in the video. Um, right, so that's answer number one, though. So we were looking for a just, case. You're just on your side. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm on the side. All right. Hmm. There we, <laughs> go. we go. Thank you. Go. My phone does strange things. When people, when I'm on the, the, the video and the people call in, it, it does 
that does strange so it put me sideways, but we're back. Thank you. So uh, so that's one way to learn the case. Rava says, Olam Karami Barchama, really we want to learn like um Rami Barchama. Uh and Rami Barchama was the one who said um with he, where he cut where he said pluck the fig and then you acquire it. <coughs> so our question was, is it the same time? So he says the following Torah, the Torah forbids us to use an animal given to a woman for a sin, even if he sinned with his mother. Now, usually a prostitute uh, is, is, a, uh, is not a capital sin, but that taint of the, the relations of the prostitute goes to the animal. But if he had relations with his mother, he's got a much bigger problem than the fact that the cow that he the, the the sheep or the cow that he gave his mother can't be a corbin, because then he, he by having relations with his mother he's he's guilty of a capital sin. Now what happens if the mother sues him because he didn't pay her? Vitavale come on bedin. If the mother were to bring him to court, me I'm reading like kum havli esnan. Would we say he's got to pay? Um, the, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take this case uh, tomorrow. It's a little bit of a... Yes, okay. Thank you very much. Kodesh Tov, have a good day, everybody. Be well. Thank you.